Welcome to the Freedom Experience Podcast. I'm your host, John Moncrief, and every week I answer your questions or go behind the scenes with special guests to uncover their secrets to building a valuable business, a business that brings you joy, and when the time's right, you can sell at a premium. If you're looking for a dream team of experts to help you maximize the value of your business and find the freedom you dreamt of as an entrepreneur, then you're in the right place. So let me ask you this. Do you procrastinate? Well, you're not alone. And that's what we're talking about this week. What are the root causes of of procrastination and how do you tame it? So give you an example. Monday morning, I found myself, it was 9.25 a.m. Typically, I get started quite early on a Monday and I focus on, on my writing first thing in the day. So I have an article to write this week on marketing and value creation. And I found myself sitting at the desk at 9.25, staring at the cursor, nothing on the paper, a few hours in and 30 minutes until uh, my first phone call. And here's what happened. Instead of kicking off the morning with a coffee and getting straight into the article, I made the fatal mistake of opening up my email and bad move. Usually I leave that till around noon. And that kind of led me to a email from uh, a potential client who'd done a marketing 360 review. And I really wanted to dig into that and have a look at that and thought, well, maybe I'll get some ideas out of that for the article. Then I opened up an email from Chris Ducker who had an offer and I thought, ah, let me quickly see if I can ha- uh, how his whole offer works and see if I can do a little bit of funnel hacking. Don't tell him that. Then I got bored with that and decided to check on my Google Analytics. And that's how I found myself staring at a blinking cursor, wondering if I could knock out an entire draft of the article in 30 minutes. And here's what was going on. I was basically at war with my procrastination demons or what Tim Urban refers to as the instant gratification monkey. See, my monkey wasn't interested in writing an article on marketing. He wanted another cup of coffee and he wanted to take a look at LinkedIn to see if we had any new comments on past articles because that'd give him a bit more confidence writing this article. Then have a quick visit to YouTube, ironically, to go and explore the mind of a master procrastinator. Any of this starting to sound familiar to you? I mean, I am but, you know, the master procrastinator since I was young, uh, since I was at school. I, I remember putting projects off and assignments off and theses off until the 11th hour and then burning the midnight oil to get something out. And obviously the output wasn't great. And it's a challenge uh, that I've had to deal with and tame in my adult life to make sure, or at least my professional life, to make sure that I actually get things done. So it's something that at one time and all or, or another, we've all fallen prey to. Uh, and in some cases, practically daily, uh, if you're a master procrastinator like myself. And you, it's easy to chalk procrastination or chalk us all up to a lack of self-control. Oh, you know, we're lazy. Everyone else has got this figured out and we're just putting things off that need to be done again and again and again. But that would be a big mistake. Um, yeah, so if you're struggling with procrastination, you want to figure this out a little bit. And then just stick with me and I'll share some of the techniques and the mindsets that I've used to overcome that gratification monkey as he tries to steer me off course every day. Uh, and and it just helps me to be productive and and to reach my goals ultimately. So let's get started with like what procrastination 
uh, or why we actually procrastinate. And there's a couple of um, psychologists that I found who did some work back in the in in the eighties, and uh, I think their name's Solomon and Rothblum, and I'll put everything into the into the show notes. But they define procrastination as the act of needlessly delaying tasks to the point of experiencing subjective discomfort. So basically getting to that point where you're really feeling guilty about something. You're sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix and you should have done a piece of work and you're putting this thing off. And it's starting to get really uncomfortable and you're just like, oh, I, I, I need to go and do that thing. I, I, why am I watching this? I, and, and then the show ends on a cliffhanger and you fire up the next one and you, you're kind of almost writing off the evening or whatever. Being there, done that. And you'd say to yourself, you know, this is something that a person only a few sandwiches short of a picnic would do or put themselves through. Uh, but the truth is that every single one of us and people throughout history uh, have wrestled with this their whole lives. And, you know, if somebody says to me, hey, well, I've never put anything off, I'll show you a liar. So procrastination has plagued us since ancient times. The Greeks had a word for it. They called it acrasia. And uh, it, it's a state of acting against your better judgment, of, of doing one thing, even though you know you should be doing something else. And get this, according to a 1994 Time Magazine report, Bill Clinton, among other things, was a chronic procrastinator uh, during his time in office. So if everyone from Stoic philosophers, from Seneca's and those folks, to the leader of the free world struggle with procrastination, you've got to ask yourself, like, what hope do the rest of us have? Well, hopefully this shows you that procrastination isn't a personal failing. It's part of the of the human condition. And that means that it would be a grave mistake for you or for us to be chalking this up to laziness or lack of self-discipline or poor time management or that addiction to Netflix. Because the truth is that, you know, we're not fatally flawed. We're just human. And uh, you, pro you procrastinate for the same reasons that everybody else does. And those reasons are that there's one, no immediate benefit to what you're doing, or you don't know where to start, or basically you're scared to fail. So if we go back to my example of writing the article, um, there was no immediate benefit to me writing that article. I needed to get something out the door on marketing and value creation, and it's a long-term play, part of my SEO strategy, and it's there to add value to, to you, uh, to my readers. So. There was no immediate benefit uh, to getting the piece of work done. There's a long-term benefit to getting it done. I also wasn't quite sure where to start. I hadn't really got things sort of clear in my mind. And there was this element that if I tried to put something out, I, I was going to fail, that it wouldn't be good. So I start procrastinating and the procrastination monkey says to me, hey, let's go off and sort of funnel hack something and then let's go check out our LinkedIn uh, stats and all that good stuff. And and off you go down down the rabbit or procrastination hole. So that, and I started to wonder myself, well, is procrastination always bad? I mean, is there something good in this? And not necessarily. In fact, procrastination can sometimes be a very useful tool. If you've ever read the book, Who Not How, I, I suggest you do excellent book by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. They suggest that procrastination is actually like a form of wisdom. Um, that it's a psychological phenomenon that occurs when you really want something more for yourself, but you lack the, the knowledge or capability to do it. So it's the signal to you that says, 
hey, you maybe you want to ask for some help with this. Uh, the trick is is getting or, or being able to identify when you're procrastinating when you need some help. So basically, it's it's suggesting that you're stuck, need help to get the job done. And if you're chronically procrastinating on a task, then you need to start listening to yourself, uh, listening to what your body is telling you, or try and outsource to somebody else. And don't always assume procrastination is a fault that you need to fix. It can also be this very useful tool for figuring out what you need to delegate to other people, or even if you know you're in a situation where you're trying to, for instance, take your business across no man's land, and you're really struggling with that or you're trying to sell your business, you may need help to do that. So if you are trying to transition no man's land, and what I mean by that is is going from um, a business that's sort of a 10 million to 100 million or a business that's 1 million to 10 million, and you just find yourself stuck on this uh, in this place where no matter what you do, you're, you're not moving forward, then as the founder owner, you may want to look to bring in an experienced CEO to help you to transition that no man's land. If you uh, are thinking about exiting, you may want to bring in somebody to help you through that exit process to help you to build a more valuable business. And the same thing applies to a startup. When, you, when you're sort of spinning your wheels and you've got, or spinning hundreds of plates and you're just not sure how to move forward, you, you may need to bring in some help to do that. So let's get into the root causes of procrastination. Um, and considering this is a, a challenge or a, a problem that's plagued humanity since the dawn of time, you know, one might think that there's would be more research around it. But funny enough, there's there's not a huge amount. There's about four decades of it, although it's plagued us since the beginning of time. So in the last few decades, um, studies have revealed that procrastination of all shapes and sizes have a handful of root causes. And I'm going to go through four of them with you now, the four that I found that I know of, and, and, and I've mentioned them a little bit in passing. But number one is that you don't know where to start. Um, so let me go through them quickly. So first one is, is that you don't know where to start. The second one is that progress doesn't feel fast enough. The third one is that you're afraid to fail. And the fourth one is that you don't like the task you're working on. So let's just dig into those quickly in a little bit each. So you don't know where to start. I mean, take that example of building a business uh, or selling a business. There's so much that you're going to have on your like to-do list, so to speak, things that you've got to get done to build a business, to sell a business. And when you look at it, a lot of the stuff might be, those to-dos or tasks might be ill-defined. They might look really difficult or seem downright scary. But if you think about it as a founder of business, if you're looking down at that list and you're seeing scary things there, it's not not to be unexpected because you're charting new waters and you're trying to create value from nothing. Uh, If you're selling a business, and you're looking down at that list and you think, how do I start this? How do I do that? It's not unusual because not many entrepreneurs have been through the process of selling a business. So it's going to be something completely new you're encountering. In the same way you're crossing no man's land, you you, you sort of do a huge, a brilliant job of getting a business to a point, but very few entrepreneurs cross no man's land. So when you look at your list of tasks and you start to see things like um, look into building recurring revenue streams or think of ways to remove myself from the business. They're an indicator, those words look into, think of ways that you probably don't know where to start. And, you know, the the thing to do then is to try and break that task into smaller pieces or 
to think about getting some help. So if you're seeing a lot of these tasks where looking at building revenue, recurring revenue streams, think of ways um, to remove myself from the business. If you're writing down those tasks and a lot of your tasks have got look into or think of ways to, then you either want to, to chunk those up and or you want to try and find somebody to help you to navigate those tasks. So the who in uh, Dan, in Dan Sullivan's um how not, who not how, sorry. And one of the things that's certain is if you start to break things down a little bit, if you take the elephant and eat it chunk by chunk, you discover that it wasn't so complicated or the task's actually not that complicated or that you're not going to be able to tackle it alone. And I think the quicker you know this, the better. So as entrepreneurs, we wear a lot of different hats and we're spinning a lot of plates and it's okay not to have all the answers. I think that's critical. You need to know that it's okay not to know where to start sometimes. So give yourself permission to seek out people who can help you with these tasks um, that you don't know how to start. And I can't imagine building a business on uh, alone. If I go back to building the businesses in the past and look at what I'm doing now, it's it's a different, It's it's starting from scratch almost, but I have a virtual team and they bring expert skills in copywriting, copywriting, LinkedIn engagement, podcasting, email marketing, paid media, funnel hacking, selling big ticket consulting items. And when I don't know how to do something, I try and find somebody who does know how to do it to help me. And I'm still not going to see immediate um, sort of results or gratification or there's still a lot of work to be done, but it's really about working with those people to put the systems in place uh, to achieve my goals. So, when it comes to exiting your business or building a valuable business, if you don't know where to begin and you don't have the relative experience, then either identify and assemble a team that can carry you through your exit journey, your growth journey, bring in a CEO. Um, it's going to just accelerate what you're doing. Okay, so let's move on to number two. Progress just doesn't feel fast enough. So when you think back to when you started your business, you you were super excited and you had a lot of energy and that pushed you through things. But that energy can also pull you in all sorts of different directions. And it's probably why nine out of 10 startups just fail. And then after a couple of years, if you make it through that uh, startup phase and your energy, you've still got some of that energy and you kept focused, the excitement starts to fade and frustration keeps in. And you think, why aren't we growing anymore? And you start to feel discouraged and even get a little bit bored. So you, you, you're just not seeing the results anymore and you start to get bored. And that's when things like shiny object syndrome creep in, where you're starting to look for shots of dopamine, uh, that happy hormone. Because research shows that the brain releases that happy hormone dopamine when it encounters novelty. So the whole shiny object syndrome, you, you're sort of looking for things that are going to give you hits of of the happy hormone, so to speak, and you 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 just feel like progress isn't isn't there, so you look for it somewhere else, and you look at starting other businesses or doing different things, uh, or even exiting your business because you literally crave new experiences and quickly get bored of the things that stop providing you with them. And I've certainly experienced this. I know. Uh, at different times in my business, you know, there were times where I started all sorts of new businesses because I was really not happy with the progress or I was feeling bored with what we were doing. And I started sort of losing 
sight of what I should have been focusing on. And this to me ultimately has become a form of uh, procrastination. And another issue that we battle with is this thorny issue of time inconsistency. And it's a tendency of the human brain to value, uh, to uh, value immediate rewards more highly than future rewards. So even if those future rewards are greater, getting a sort of kick out of going to check your LinkedIn um, likes or LinkedIn engagement versus working for me on that marketing article, there was this instant reward there or this immediate reward if there was some uh, some likes. And that's what the social media folks do to us all the time. They they want us to get these likes or they they, they pull us in with these likes and the, the uh this engagement that goes on on social media and it's it's this uh idea a quick dopamine or happy hormone that gets fired off okay so that's um progress just doesn't feel fast enough and you start drifting off and pursuing shiny object syndromes the trick here is is to try and again chunk things up and to celebrate when you take off items off your list and sort of yeah hell yes fist pump or whatever, you feel like a winner, you've actually got something off that list. And to make productivity a habit and procrastination a, a distant memory, so to speak. So the, get crystal clear on what you're trying to do. Think of the long-term benefits um, that are going to come from that. Put together your task or your to-do list. Break things down into really small bite-sized pieces so that you can um, sort of tip the scales in your favor by getting the important things done on that list, but in small pieces, and then just celebrating each of those things that you knock off. So if I'm creating a course, creating one video is, you know, big tech. So the course might have, I don't know, 30 videos in it, um, 30 modules. Each of those modules I want to celebrate. And, and in that way, I'm moving one step forward and I'm celebrating and I'm not feeling completely bored by it. Okay, number three, you're afraid to fail. Um, so some of us have this fear of failure so intensely that we actually sabotage ourselves and we always have an excuse if, if things that way we always have an excuse if things go go wrong so you know you'll cut corners basically ensuring that the end product is never quite up to scratch it might be um that the, there's always a reason that it's it's not a 100 percent right and you can say well i tried my best but this you know fell short so it might be writing an ebook or uh, putting together a system or whatever it is, but you're scared that it's not going to work properly. So you you think, well, if if I sort of cut a few corners and you, you're almost self-sabotaging yourself and we may delay launch dates, miss deadlines or obsess over the details instead of releasing, uh, getting a beta version out the door. It kind of, in a way, ties into perfection as well. And you're afraid to fail. So you want to you, you make sure something's perfect and in trying to make it perfect you're basically procrastinating you're you're never going to get it out perfectly so you don't put anything out and the trick now is is to think of perfect or to think of scrappy as a new perfect we live in a world right now where we've been through a year of phenomenal change we've all had a pivot and i i think there's an attraction to authenticity and in authenticity, there's a bit of scrappiness. So get stuff done, get it out, and don't worry about failing. Uh, you're going to get better as you go. So even doing 
podcast, I think I'm on, this is on episode number 18 or 19. And there's always this thought of failure in the back of my mind and what I need to do, but showing up and doing something and getting it out, even if it's a little bit scrappy, is, is how you deal with being afraid and avoid procrastinating. And then number four, you just don't like the task that you're working on. So if I go back to, uh, I, I mean, I love marketing and I go back to writing that article, the fact is that I kind of wasn't really in it and maybe the best thing to do was to put it, push it off and work on this article that I got out this week and this podcast, which is around procrastination because it's something that was burning inside of me and I wanted to get it done. So, you know, Nassim Taleb writes in Anti-Fragile, we procrastinate uh, unnatural duties and procedures as a symptom of our body rebe- rebelling against its entrapment. So to you and me, what that really means is that we procrastinate tasks that go against our nature. And uh, that marketing article wasn't against my nature, but I think I, I wasn't really into the task at the time. But it, it does say that, if, you know, it, it does show that if you're bad at something or just plain don't like doing it, don't be surprised when you land up putting it off. And in business, there's a lot of times that there are things in your business that you just don't like doing, so you end up putting them off. Uh, a lot of us business owners and entrepreneurs don't like admin, end up putting them off, accountant goes mad. Find somebody to outsource that stuff to. Find a personal assistant or a virtual assistant these days. Delegate, outsource, or simply don't do the tasks that you always procrastinate about. Uh, try and find somebody to do them for you. And uh, your business will be in a much better place for it. And, and you're bound to feel a lot happier about it. And now let's, okay, so those are the four. Let's just go, go over them once more. Basically, you've got, um, you don't know where to start, number one. Progress doesn't feel fast enough, number two. You're afraid to fail, number three. And number four, you don't like the task. So those are like the root causes. And it's important that you understand those root causes so that you can deal with them. Uh, so how do you stop procrastinating? And, and I've got four hacks that I use that I'll share with you now on uh, how I try and avoid procrastination or stop procrastinating. In fact, I'm going to give you five. The first one is that I, I work on a three-year, 90-day cycle scenario. So I, I have my goals for three years. I know where I want to be in the next three years. And I break everything down into 90 days. So what is it I've got to achieve in the next 90 days? And I use something called a vision traction organizer out of EOS. I don't follow the whole system. I just find that that vision traction uh, organizer, getting everything onto two pages, the whole strategy of the business, super helpful. And I know what I'm going to do every 90 days. So that's number one. Know what you're going to do, or for me, know what I'm going to do in three years' uh, time or what my goals are for the next three years and what my goals are down to 90 days. Then the next thing is I use this one, three, five rule, right? So on my desk, I've got a piece of paper and my one, three, five rule basically is this. Accomplish one big thing in the day. So one big mission, three medium things, and five small things. And I got this from Alex, uh, I can't even pronounce her name probably. I think it's Kavalakos, who's the founder of The Muse. And I first read about it with her. So if I'm thinking about a big thing, like Monday morning, is my big thing is to finish an article which I started procrastinating around and that was, uh, was, was rather bad. But the big thing was to finish, to finish the article on the Monday morning. And then the medium things I think I had for the day were to write up the notes from, that dis- from a discovery call, do some update to the Facebook campaigns, promote a new webinar. So three kind of medium-sized things. And the five small things were to share 
Joe's link on uh, on Joe's uh, post on LinkedIn uh, to book a meeting at a co-work room to post a last week's article on LinkedIn to send call details to David and to make changes to uh, the conclusion of my new guide. So just reading off uh, those things off my desk at the moment in front of me. But basically, there's one big task I want to accomplish. So it's the one, three, five list. You've got one super big thing that you want to accomplish for the day, one mission for the day, three medium things and five small things. And now here's the trick. When you get to the end of the day, write out your list for the following day. So when you get to this, you know exactly what you're working on. There's no uh, confusion about what you're trying to achieve when you get there. I also use the Pomodoro technique with along with the 135 rule. So if you haven't heard of it, basically what that is, is setting a timer for 25 or 50 minutes. So it was originally 25 minutes and you take a five minute break or you do 50 minutes and take a 10 minute break. So I take my 135 rule and I block out three 50 minute sections, uh, sessions at the beginning of the day with 10 minute breaks. And that's where I do my one big mission. So my one big mission is a three hour chunk in the day and it's the, the big thing I've got to get out that day. And then after that, I do three 25 minute sessions, basically to knock out my uh, three medium sized things. And then I kind of take a break, have lunch, it's middle of the day. And straight after that, I do another 50 minute session, which is my small five things. So then I go through my five small list. So basically that's quite easy. The mission is, is three 50 minute blocks, the uh, three sort of medium-sized things, that's three 25-minute blocks, and the five small things, that's one 50-minute block after, after lunch for me. Structure day, however you want to, but that really works for me and but I, uh, it helps me immensely. Number three, eliminate all the distractions. Hey, so when I get to my desk and I get into that first session, that first 50-minute uh, session, I don't have my phone, it's outside in another room and I've switched off all the notifications that I can uh, and I just do my best to avoid email until noon so that I can really just kind of get to it and work on whatever I need to work on. And that helps me to just focus. The minute I open email, I'll go down a procrastination uh, or the procrastination demons will take hold, so to speak. Number four, create on-ramps. I learned this one from Jeff Walker. It's brilliant. Um, basically, it's it's like thinking about having all your running clothes or your suitcase at the door, you know, all your running clothes ready to run the next morning or the podcast environment set up to go first thing I get down here in the morning. So it's basically, if you think of a highway and the on-ramp that goes onto the highway, you want to just kind of fly onto that highway and get going and off you go. Boom. And that's what setting up these, these on-ramps is about. So if I'm going to st- get started an article and it's 5.30 a.m. in the morning, which uh, I found myself doing on Wednesday morning. I basically thought, okay, I've got to get this article on procrastination now written. I should have finished uh, one on, on marketing and value creation on Monday. I put that off to write about procrastination. So what I did on Wednesday morning or, or on Tuesday night was set everything up, had the document open on my desktop, so when I turned the screen on in the morning, the document was there, everything else was closed. There was even a snack bar on the desk. So I could grab my coffee, sit down, research was lying next to me, start writing and get it done. And all other distractions were turned off. 
So that I think is the five, those are the five things. Let me just recap them. There's the three year and 90 day sort of planning cycle. There's the one, three, five rule where you've got uh, the, the big uh, mission that you can accomplish, the three medium sized things and the five small things. There's the uh, Pomodoro technique, which gives you those sort of 50 or 25 minutes and how to use those. There's the eliminating your distractions and at number four and number five, create on ramps. So everyone struggles with procrastination. It's something we've got to do. It's just with us. But hopefully this episode has helped you to understand why you're struggling with it and why you're putting those important things off and how to tame procrastination. And I can't promise you that you'll never put anything off ever again, but I believe that the tips that I've shared with you that work for me, a chronic procrastinator, um, can help you to, uh, instead of just getting distracted all this time, ultimately transform your business. Uh, so yeah, that's it for today. All right, thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate it. You know, if you're interested in potentially working with me to build a more valuable business that really does thrive without you, and come time to sell, attracts outlandish offers, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Jean Moncrief, or my website, jeanmoncrief.com, and drop me a note. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please support the show by leaving a review and a rating and subscribing to hear future episodes. Thanks very much for tuning in. I appreciate your time. 